0: Farm Talk on C103 with Dairy Gold Prime Elite Rumi Force Calf Cube. Maximise calf performance and health at grass by optimising the function of the rumen. Farm Talk on C103 with Dairy Gold Prime Elite Calf Milk Replacer.
1: Welcome to the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme with John O'Connor. Later in the programme, Michael Burke, Dry Stock Advisor with Chagas Moor Park near Formoy, on some new schemes. Big cap information meeting planned for the GA complex in Mallow by the ICMSA on 27th. Remembering Con Scully, ICMSA former president. But first, Mr Liam Stack, ruminant technical manager, Dairy Gold Agribusiness, on the grass situation at the moment. Liam, the weather has turned bad, ground has gotten wet, so what is the grass situation like on farm at the moment?
2: Hello, John, and hello to all your listeners, and thanks very much for having me on the show. And I suppose um, at present, according to pasture-based figures, the average farm cover is okay on farm, with with the average farm cover being about 750 kilos dry matter per hectare. But on one in five farms, Um, grass cover is very low. It's below that critical 600 kilos per hectare mark. And once we drop below that level, um, grass will be slow to recover when the growth comes. So it's critical that farmers, you know, put plans in place and actions in place now to try and keep covers above that critical 600 kilo level.
1: And just to reinforce the point, if a farmer finds himself in that situation, what should be done effectively?
2: There's short-term and long-term solutions and short-term and long-term plans that we need to put in place. And in the short term, the demand for grass on these farms needs to drop. And um, we drop demand for grass by replacing the grass in our cows' dice with either silage or concentrate, or silage and concentrate in combination. And depending on where your farm is currently, from an overall average farm cover, you might be able to lower demand enough by just using our concentrate or offering the concentrate feeding level. And this would be the preferred option now as concentrate whole production, mainly milk protein, higher at this stage of the year. But on some farms um, where covers have dropped too low, And and even if ground conditions are favourable for grazing, cows will need to be housed to lower demand low enough. And at its basic level, we must match the grass demand with the grass growth. And if these two are imbalanced, your overall farm cover won't drop on a daily or weekly basis. And looking at this week's predicted growth, looking out ahead, it's about 20 20 to 25 kilos dry matter per hectare per day. And if you're currently stocked at about 2.5 livestock units per hectare, you can only afford to feed your cows between 8 and 10 kilos dry matter grass on a daily basis to keep growth and demand in balance. So the remainder of your cows diet, So 6 to 8 kilos must come from concentrates or concentrates and silage in a combination. And then secondly, in, in the long term, we need to get grass growing on farms. And of course, there's a weather aspect to this. You know, so you, but we are on the twenty fifth of March right now and weather will improve, ground conditions will heat up, and um, the rain will stop, sunshine or the hours of sunshine in the day will improve. So grass will start to grow and, and weather will stop impacting grass growth very, very soon. But we also need to make sure that we have fertilizer spread to get ground watering. Um, and grazing ground across the month of April needs about thirty units of nitrogen. And also silage ground will need fertilizer soon. We've eaten a lot of silage last summer when the, the many drought and hit us. And we've eaten a lot of silage this spring, especially in the last couple of weeks. And we need to make sure that we fill pits and that we build stock to silage on farm again.
1: From what you've been saying, Liam, there will be a lot of fertilisers needed at farm level in coming weeks. Does that pose any challenges for people?
2: It certainly does. It poses challenges um, for to dairy goals from a supply chain standpoint. like Fertilisers have been weakening and we've been advising our suppliers to buy short, buy what you need. But, of course, that means that we have less fertiliser delivered on farm this year compared to other years. And we would certainly think it's worth considering ordering fertiliser now to ensure that you have product in your yard for when it's needed. Don't buy what you need for the year, but buy buy enough to get grass growing. Remember, if you don't get grass moving with the use of fertiliser, you'll end up buying more concentrates to feed your cows. And if we put round figures on it, on the cost of feed um, versus the cost of grass growing with fertiliser, like can would need to be three times the current price for grass and for concentrates to be the same cost. So it's very important that farmers control their input costs at farm level, but an extra 10 to €15 Euro a tonne on the price of can um, would have little impact compared to the extra money that you would feed uh, or spend on concentrates to feed your cows to replace that grass if it doesn't grow.
1: Is there any other source, any dairy gold uh, source, which people could turn to to get more information on those matters you've covered?
2: There are several avenues, I suppose, you know, to, to gain more information. Like if we have our farmer-facing staff, our or branch, agri leads and our ASMs, our area sales managers that would be calling to farmers routinely on, on a daily basis. And all all these individuals have been highly trained on nutrition and fertiliser on nutrient requirements of, of, of different crops. And we also do a, a monthly magazine called Milk Matters, which is sent to all our milk suppliers on, on a monthly basis and is also available on our website and available to um, dairy suppliers on their gateway platform. So, you know, there's, there's lots of avenues to source this information. And, and you know, I, I would encourage farmers you know, to source information from as many different places as possible.
1: Thank you very much indeed, Mr. Liam Stack, Ruminant, Technical Manager, Dairy Gold Agribusiness. Thank you, Liam, very much indeed. Thanks a million.
2: Thank you, John. You're welcome.
1: Sheep farmers need €8.30 a kg to survive and secure a future for sheep farming, according to the ICSA, Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association. ICSA National Sheep Chair, Mr. Sean McNamara, said farmers need to be paid this €8.30 a kg for lambs in order to keep them producing. He said sheep farmers have been producing at well below the cost of production for too long, and it's caused havoc in the sector. That's why, Mr. McNamara said, the ICSA is looking for a rescue package for sheep farmers. Speaking at an ICSA sheep crisis meeting organised recently in Carrick and Shannon... The ICSA National Sheep Chair, Mr. Sean McNamara, said that sheep farmers need €8.30 a kg to survive and to secure a future for sheep farming. He said farmers need to be paid this €8.30 a kg for lambs in order to keep them producing. Sheep farmers, he said, had been producing at well below the cost of production for too long and it's caused havoc in the sector. That's why Mr McNamara said the ICSA is looking for a rescue package for sheep farmers. But he claimed the fact remains that processors too must play their part and pay farmers a price that takes into account their hugely inflated input costs and also cover the cost of production with a small margin. A safety course will take place on Wednesday 29th of March in Charris, Clonacilty in the afternoon. More information from Eileen in the McCroom office at 026 41604. A suckler breeding farm walk on Wednesday 29th of March at 2pm on the land of John and Chris Daly, Ballyboyg, Eneskeen, County Cork. The farm will be signposted from the R588 Eneskeen to Clonacilty Road four kilometres from Eneskeen. Topics for discussion, breeding and synchronisation of suckler cows, handling the bull, new suckler cow scheme, suckler carbon efficiency programme. Mr Michael Burke, at Dry Stock Advisor of Moorpark, has more information on an upcoming meeting.
3: Yes, John, um, there's a spring grass walk on Tuesday, March 28th at 12 o'clock, taking place in the farm of Jimmy Lillis. Jimmy is based out in Gregg and Shambally Moor. Um, the air code for the farm itself is P51W5T8. I suppose Jimmy operates a kind of a wean and slash store to a finish system. He farms around 50 acres there, and he's a very, very good grassland manager. He's constantly looking for ways to improve all aspects of his operation, but especially in grassland management. Recently, Jimmy started measuring grass, and I suppose he's now on pasture base, and this allows him to make more informed decisions on his farm. He also soil samples on a regular basis. He sees the benefit of soil sampling. And in the last couple of years, he has started incorporating clover into his swords as well, either through a full reseed or stitching it in. So, all in all, John, it should be a very, very interesting farm walk. Uh, there's going to be colleagues of mine present as well from the East Cork Tri Stock team, along with our bee specialist, Alan Dillon. So, all are very welcome, and it will be well signposted off the main mall up to Road.
1: That sounds perfect indeed. Now, Michael, coming to our general uh, conversation regarding the dry stock uh, sector. There are a number of schemes uh, which you'd like to bring to our attention in the Dairy Gold uh, Farm Talk program on Saturday morning and again on Wednesday evening. So, uh, first of all, Michael, could you, you know, look at some of the schemes regarding, we'll say, the launch of the national liming program, the new suckler scheme, and uh, listeners, how can the listener get involved in the liming scheme, and uh, how, you know, how can farmers in general apply for it, the liming scheme?
3: Yeah, I suppose, look, we'll, we'll focus on the alignment scheme first, Sean. I suppose this scheme opened last week, and it's going to remain open until the 20th of April. Um, farmers, if they wish to apply for this grant, they must submit for payment by the 31st of October. There's a grant available of 16 euros per tonne. Uh, the, minimum, the minimum the farmer can apply on is 10 tonnes, and the maximum is 200 tonnes. So you'll need more, um, you'll need recent soil samples. Uh, what I mean by this is they must be taken within the last four years. Um, the department will pay, will give a grant based up to seven and a half tonnes per hectare. Uh, farmers can apply either through their own advisor or if they have their own ag food um, account, they can go into ag food and go into the ag schemes and apply, and apply uh, through this system. I suppose uh, soil sample reports may be required by the department as proof that uh, the land actually needs lime in the first class. All um, invoices must be submitted together. Uh, the maximum number of invoices the department will accept is five. So again, just to reiterate, these invoices must be submitted by the 31st of October. Um, if a farmer applies for 200 for 200 tonnes and only applies 150 tonnes of lime, he'll get a grant on the 150 tonnes. The farmers need not panic if they if they overapply uh, for the grant. There are um, some uh, groups of farmers who are not eligible for the scheme, and it's important to highlight this as well. I suppose farmers who are participating or intend to participate in the 2023 eco-scheme practice relating to soil sampling and liming are not eligible. You now, to be fair, there's only a very small cohort of farmers in this group. Um, but also the farmers farmers that have uh, availed of a nitrous derogation either in 2022 or 2023. These two are, are ineligible, and along with farmers with a grassland stocking rate of over 170 kilos of organic nitrogen per hectare last year, uh, prior to export and story, are also ineligible. So it's important to highlight this. The scheme is not available to everybody. Um, it's not, it, as I just said there, it's not available to farmers who apply for derogation or farmers who are staffed at over 170 kilos of organic nitrogen. Look, from our perspective, I think it's a very, very promising scheme. Um, in Chalvis we've been preaching the benefits of spreading lime for years, but unfortunately, some farmers don't listen. Um, look, we all know the benefits of lime. It kind of neutralises the soil. It allows for greater microbial activity, and it just gives a greater environment for the, for the plant to grow in. There's also a release of nutrients that may be locked up in acidic conditions. So again, look, we've been highlighting these for years, but um, thankfully the department has put on this grant or made this grant available for farmers to apply. There's 8 million in funding available, which equates to about a half million tonnes of lime. So all in all, it's a, it's a very, very promising scheme.
1: That sounds great indeed, and I think uh, the general public, they've heard so often, the average person, non-farmer, is aware that there's a a national lime deficiency in Ireland. So in general, you know, we should appreciate perhaps more the value of lime, and this scheme and this programme will certainly boost the possibility of that. Now, Michael, you mentioned the importance of soil sampling for the liming programme we've been talking about. I heard there have been changes for some farmers this year where it's now actually mandatory to take uh, soil samples if you wish to apply fertiliser. So anyone applying fertiliser, you have to. It's mandatory to take soil samples. Can you please explain more on this, Michael, for our listeners?
0: Yeah, it's
3: important to highlight this point, John. Um, I suppose up to this year, for the only farmers who are in derogation, where it's mandatory for them to take soil samples. But that has changed now in 2023, so any farmer who's stocked at over 130 kilos of organic nitrogen per hectare, which is not a high stocking rate, so it's important farmers um, discover or realize where they are in terms of stocking rate. So if you're stocked at over 130 kilos of organic nitrogen per hectare, you must take soil samples if you wish to spread compound fertilizers or even wish to import slurry. So there's two major groupings of farmers here that this applies to Again, I suppose in Chalvis, we've been advising farmers on the benefits of soil sampling for years. Uh, Farmers, in this case, they need a minimum of one soil sample for every 10 acres, or depends on the size of the paddock, I'd recommend a soil sample for every paddock on the farm. uh, It's one of the best returns for money that's there in farming. A soil sample will cost somewhere in the region of 20-25 euros per sample. I suppose you'll know for sure what type of fertilizer the land actually requires. A small bit like ourselves, John, going to the doctor and getting a blood test done. Soil sampling is the very same for the land. Um, while fertilizer is dropping in price, it is still an expensive product and I can't emphasize enough the importance of regular soil sampling and proper soil testing. And what I mean by this is there's a soil core available for taking these soil samples and the correct use of the soil core. I suppose, look, quite often the soil core can be used as a walk-in aid rather than, rather than a tool to take correct soil samples. And I suppose the other bit of advice I give farmers who take their own soil samples is to fill the boxes because if the boxes aren't filled, they're, they're returned to us in the laboratory. Look, and I know land is expensive, but it still only takes a little over 300 grams or you know, around a half pound of butter in weight to fill to one of these boxes. So it's, look, it's a practical tip. If you're going the trouble of walking your farm and taking soil samples, just make sure you fill the box when you're taking them.
1: So soil sampling and the liming programme, these are all means by which the farmer, in a time when margins are under severe attack, can actually... Retain mar- margins or even boost
3: margins? Absolutely, John. Yeah, like the benefits of soil testing, as I said already, like you find out exactly what the land requires. Like if your land doesn't require phosphorus, for argument's sake, comes back in index four, well, then you, you, you're restricted to buying straight nitrogen, but this is a cheaper fertiliser. There's no point in buying fertiliser for the land if it doesn't require it. And again, getting back to lime. Lime is a very, very cheap product, even though it has increased in price in the last year or two, it's still a very, very cheap product and you get a massive return for your money. Somewhere in the region of five or six to one and there's very few products that can give you that. So yeah, they're two very, very good schemes. Lime is readily available. There's plenty of quarries around the country. There's calcium quarries and magnesium type quarries around the country and both are eligible for this. So there's, there's, there's no there's no issue with, with um, getting lime, John.
1: Now, coming back to something you touched on in passing at the start of our conversation, Michael, the launch of the new Suckler scheme. Can you explain to our listeners what's involved in the new Suckler scheme and again, how can someone listening actually apply if they want to take part in this uh, new Suckler scheme?
3: Yeah, I suppose there was a major launch during the last few days of this scheme as well and I see there's a major heading on the farmers' Journal of 200 euros of cow available um, between this scheme and the upcoming uh, BEEP scheme, which was there for the last few years. So in relation to this scheme, it's a five-year scheme it has commenced, as I said, in the last few days. Um, it's going to run from the 1st of July 2022, is when the department have actually backdated the start of the scheme, up to the June thirtieth, twenty twenty seven. 2027. Uh, to be eligible for the scheme, there's a major change um, as post-order schemes that were there in the past like the BDGP scheme. The members must be, they must be a member of Orbea. Um And I suppose there was a small bit of concern there up to recently uh, because the department had said that the farmers had to be in Borbia prior to applying for the scheme, but they've changed the date now for the, to the 16th of October so a farmer must be in Borbia by the 16th of October of this year and remain a member of Borbia for the five years of the scheme. So it's a major change as schemes go I suppose the main reason for this is that um, the department feel that the information they're going to get from the Borbia audits would be far more accurate than the information they're obtaining from the Carbon Navigator which has been there for the last six or seven years uh, Another major change to this programme versus the the BDGP scheme, at least 50% of reference number calves on the farm must be eligible beef bread calves born between the 1st of July and June 30th. And a massive change that I see as well is that they must calve down at least 50% of the yearly reference number. So a farmer will get a reference number, and they must calve down 50% of this number. Finally, they must also attend a skip training course, um, which must be completed by the 15th of November. The two half-day courses look, and as time goes on, uh, we'll be discussing this in more detail. So it must be completed by the 15th of November 2024. So there's plenty of time for farmers to, to uh, attend these courses. As I said, the scheme opens in the last few days and it's going to remain open after the 22nd of May. Farmers will be given a reference number. So this is based on the best of three years average out of the last six years. So the department has been quite generous here. So since 2016 up to 2021, there's six years there. And they'll take the highest, uh, cal- highest number of calvings over a three-year period in that. So another change this game is to the scope, actually, if you reduce your reference number, if a farmer decides to reduce numbers, you can reduce by up to 20% annually without any penalty. So if you're given a reference number of 20, you can reduce down to 16, and you'll get paid on 16 cows. However, you can't increase the number. So if some farmers have got into suffering in the last four or five years and are increasing numbers, and at the moment you cannot increase your reference number. So there's a few mandatory actions, John, I'll go through them as quickly as I can that are related to this scheme. A lot of these are quite similar to the BDGP scheme as well. In relation to an eligible bull or eligible AI, firstly, the must have 50% of the reference number to a beef breed. So in year one and two, 80% of these calves must have been started by four or five-star bulls. Now, a derogation has been granted for year one because, as I said, the scheme has started since the 1st of July. So a lot of codes would have been put in calf at that stage. So the Department have has given them a derogation from the four and five-star requirement for year one. So for year two, 80% of the calves must be sired by a four or five-star bull. This is going to increase to us 85% in year three and four and up to 90% by year five. So this is a serious increase in comparison to the BDGP scheme where the requirement is only 50%. You can you can use a mix of bull and AI provided 80% of the calves born are sired by a four or five-star Um In relation to the, the female side of the house, in year one, uh, by the 31st of October, you must ensure 50% of the reference number of eligible animals are genotyped four and five star under replacement index at, ty- at either time of purchase or a time of genotyping for homebred animals. This, again, was only 50% in the BDTP scheme. By year three, this is going to increase to 65%, and by year five, it's going to increase to 75%. So you can see that there's massive changes there as opposed to the BDTP scheme. Finally, in relation to genotyping, of your reference number must be genotyped, as opposed to 60% in BDTP. These samples must be returned by the 30th of November. Also, in relation to weighing of animals, 80% of eligible animals born on the farm uh, must be weighed along along with their dams, and these weights must be submitted to ICBF. A major change with this is the calf must be a minimum of 50 days old. In the old BDTP scheme, a calf may have been only one day old and would have been eligible for for weighing, but in this scheme, a calf must be a minimum of 50 days old. Uh, the weights must be submitted within seven days of, of weighing the animals, and no later than the first, November 1st. And finally, I suppose, look, there's some surveys that the farmers have to complete as well, but any farmer who participates in the BDGP scheme will be very familiar with these surveys, and they're quite similar in relation to the facility of animals, calf quality, etc. And I suppose, finally, and the most important part for the farmers is in relation to the payment of the scheme. Uh, farmers will get paid €150 Euros a cow, up to 22 cows, and they'll get 120 euros of cow thereafter. So if you take a farmer with 30, a turkey cow herd, this will equate to 4,260 euros or an average of 142 euros per cow. And you take off the cost of genotype and animals after that. And over the five-year period, the farmer will get somewhere in the region of 20,000 euros. It's a very, very significant scheme um, for a turkey cow herd to the payment of almost 20,000 euros available. Um, like this. There are a few changes in comparison to the BDGP scheme. But um, the, the changes can be easily attained on any farm. I suppose the big change really is just to become a member of the, of Borbia. And I suppose also, I just want to add on as well, John, in the last few days, the, the Department have also launched the Dairy Calf Welfare Scheme again. And I suppose this is going to be essentially the same as in previous years, where the farmers will get paid to weigh dairy beef calves, which are born between the 1st of July 22 and the 30th of June 2023. Weights must be submitted online to ICBF, with all weights recorded by the 1st of November 2023. These calves must be at least 12 weeks old at the time of weighing, and they must have been in your herd for at least 10 days prior to weighing. The payment rate this time is still 20 euros per per eligible calf, but it's increased to 50 calves. So for any farmer who's purchasing these type of calves, there's a payment available of up to 1,000 euros. for the scheme, so again, it's another welcome scheme. All these schemes are very, very welcome in the dry stock sector.
1: The date and the time of this a very important and indeed potentially very interesting upcoming spring grass walk, Michael.
3: We're having a walk Tuesday, uh, March twenty-eighth, on the farm of Jimmy Lillis, out in Craig and Moor. This event is taking place at twelve o'clock, and I suppose the deer code is P fifty-one W five T eight. It's going to be well signposted after at Mallow Road, and all are very, very welcome.
1: Well, that's fine. Thank you very much indeed for that uh, detailed information. Mr. Michael Burke, Chagask Dry Stock Advisor, Moor Park near Formoy. Thank you, Michael, very much indeed. Thanks a million. Thank you, John. More details of some upcoming events. A safety course will take place on Wednesday, 29th of March, 2023, in the afternoon at Chagask Clannock Kilty. For more information, please contact Eileen in the Chagask McCroom office on the following number 026. Four one six zero four. Details regarding a farm walk. The Suckler Breeding Farm walk will take place on Wednesday, twenty ninth of March, two thousand twenty three, at two p.m. And the host farm, John and Chris Daly, Ballyfoig, county Cork Farm, will be signposted from the R five eight eight, Enniskine to clonkilty Road, four kilometres from Enniskine. Topics for discussion, breeding and synchronisation of suckler cows. Handling the bull, new suckler cow scheme, the suckler carbon efficiency programme. And that suckler breeding farm walk on Wednesday, 29th of March, 2pm, on the land of John and Chris Daly, the Eneskeen, County Cork, Eneskeen to Clonkilty Road, 4 kilometres from Eneskeen, and the farm will be signposted from the R588.
0: Farm Talk on C103 with Dairy Gold Prime Elite Calf Milk Replacer. We are
1: joined on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk program by Mr. Morris Walsh, the chairperson of ICMSA North and East Cork. First of all, Morris, welcome to the programme. Now, a very important event is upcoming. There are many farmers who are extremely worried about all the aspects of cap and they don't fully understand how the new cap will affect their own enterprise.
4: Yes, indeed. And once again, John, uh, thanks to you and to your Dairy Golder sponsor for having us once again on your programme, uh, the Irish creaming meat suppliers, of course, the, the family Organisation of Running Farms, so to speak. We're having a very important meeting uh, that's next Monday night, March 27th. Uh, The venue of this meeting is on the Mallow GE ground and the time to kick off on that is 8.30pm sharp. Big changes, as everybody knows, in the farming sector for 2023 as far as the common agricultural policy is concerned. I've been studying them and looking at it myself with the last number of weeks now and still trying to get my head around it. So this will be a chance now for all farmers to come and hear it from 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 people that know what they're talking about and know the backgrounds of it on the night that's on Monday night the 27th next Monday night um we've got speakers there and we've got a very good speaker we're actually blessed and 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 delighted to have uh Chagos Head Animal Grassland Research uh person there is Lawrence Shallou and of course a vast knowledge of of cap he'll be speaking there on the night we'll have an open floor and the, the microphone can go around and people can get their chance to ask any questions on the night. CAP is, as I mentioned, it's just, it's this, it's, it's bamboo, it's maddening what's going on. You know, people, it, it could have only simplified it a small bit, made it a small bit more understandable for the ordinary farmer like myself. But it is what it is. And there is ways around this, farming under the night trades of and the cow banding and, of course, on the night as well, we'll be talking about the current markets. Who will be talking on the markets will be Mr. Paul Smith. Paul, of course, is no stranger to the North and East Cork people of the ICMSA. He's on the executive committee of our our staff down there in the John Feeney House in in Limerick. Uh, Paul will be giving a talk on that on the dairy committee and the markets to see how things are going as well. But the big one on the night is, of course, the the new nitrates co-bending. and of course, Lawrence will be there on the night to talk to everybody about the different aspects, the ways of working around it. And, um, you know, it's doable. Uh, pe- people try not get worried about all this because there is ways around this. And this is the man on the night, John. We'll sort, we'll sort out hopefully all their problems. I've got to, gone to seven, several meetings and I was on, one, in one um, just a couple of weeks ago up the country not everyone on the night may want to speak on an open floor because, you know, everyone can stand up in front of um, a crowd. We will be staying back, and, of course, Lauren Chalou and Paul Smith, myself, Maurice Walsh, and, of course, our Secretary for the North and East Corp, Jerry Doody, a vast knowledge of farming from Cullen Darren Mallow. We'll be staying back after that meeting for anyone who wants to come up to us and have a one-to-one with any one of us about the aspects of nitrates and co-banding. I must express to you and to all your listeners... This is a very important meeting, and I know it's a busy time on farms at the moment with cows calving and, 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 and this and that. The weather is not on our side. If you can get to Mallow next Monday night, I'd, I'd urgently and I'd honestly say it would be well worth your time this, to simplify cow banding and the nitrates of CAP 2023. So next Monday night, March the 27th, 8.30, give everyone a chance to get their jobs done, um, 8.30 p.m., we won't be delaying it too long. We won't be keeping you out all night. It's, and, of course, there's plenty of parking there in the Mallow, GA ground uh, complex there in Mallow. So, so John, I hope that um, people listening to you and your programme, and, and to me, Maurice Walsh, the North Cork chairperson, and East Cork as well, will come out in Mallow next Monday night the 27.
1: Farmers tend a lot to be working in isolation. Many farmers, as you've hinted there, are bamboozled by all the... Commas and things on the nitrates directive and the banding, etc. So, the very fact of going, the very fact of going along to the Mallow GA complex meeting on the 27th, the very fact of going there, being able to voice an opinion, listen to information, exchange information, in fact, that could be a huge boost to a farmer mentally because often the very fact of going to one of these meetings can itself. Produce fabulous results, feel good uh, results.
4: Absolutely, a problem shared is a problem halved. I've been studying this now since since after Christmas the last couple of months there, and even it, whatever newspaper I open, it's it's very complicated. There's lots of information on it, but I've been at one of these meetings already, John and Lawrence from from Chagos, Lawrence Chalou from Chagos. He, he he makes it so easy to, to for people to grasp. And, you know, everyone has different circumstances. But the main thing, as I want to tell all these fellow farmers, is don't get worked up over this. Don't don't lose a night's sleep over this because it's fixable. You know, when they talk about the different aspects of, of you know, environment side of things and people having to do A, B and C, it's all durable and, and, and it's fixable. So Mallow next Monday night. A problem halved is a problem shared, or a problem shared is a problem halved, wherever you want to talk about the way you put it. Mallow next Monday night, again, I'll stress, John, and to you and your listeners, is, is Mallow is the place to be next Monday night, the 27th, at 8.30pm in the Mallow GA ground. And again, just to say, like the farming organisation of the ICMSA, where the Irish Creamery Suppliers Association, but we're also, of course, our heading and our motto is the family farm. And that's what we base ourselves on. Keep the family farm going, and let let it, uh, farmers might be busy with cows calving. This is open to everybody. You and your family members are welcome. All members of the public of of the farming sector are welcome to this meeting. Let you be a member of the organisation or not. Any member of your family can come to this. And I advise mums and dads to br- uh, to bring your you know the the next successor hopefully to your farm, the the young boy or the young girl, and even even. The wife or the husband, whoever's doing the farming, because, we, we you know, it's, 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 a, it's a family affair, farming is. Everyone come here, because two heads thinking or two heads listening can be a lot, lot better. So we'll, we'll say it once more, Mallow next Monday night, the 27th at 8.30pm in the G.A. Ground Complex uh, Sports Hall place in Mallow. We
1: want to acknowledge the tireless work of a great individual, the late Con Scully.
4: Yes, indeed. And uh, thanks for giving uh, me, Maurice Walsh, the chairperson of North and East Cork, this opportunity to say um, our sincere condolences to the Scully family from um, Clannacilty, West Cork, and feel to be precise. Uh, Of course, uh, Con Con Scully was was one of the greats of uh, predecessor of my time. um, didn't didn't work with him but had a chance to meet him on one or two occasions in the last number of years and what I can only say and it, and it was said actually at his funeral was a a true and true West Cork man and a gentleman you know um, he was our, our our president for 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 the for the years in nineteen ninety six to nineteen eighty seven Um he was one of the men behind. Um, For instance, uh, fodder crisis that happened in 1986. He was the man that that raised money and uh, helped to bring farmers' fodder to the west of Ireland in that year of of a double year of of, uh, drought and witness for previous to 1986. So I want to uh, send my sincere condolences to his wife, uh, Judy, and his two children, um, to the late con Scully, and he'll be sadly missed. Within the organisation, and it's people like him that uh, brought this organisation to where it is today. And uh, we wish, uh, you know, like we, we, we hope that um, he's gone to his return on award now and, um, you know, a great man. And sincere condolences again, once again, to the Scully family.
1: Just to quote one line from a tribute from Frank Allen, an ex president of the ICBC. Conscully Scully was typical of those West Cork farmers in that he was very engaging and easygoing, but he was also absolutely committed and unswerving about doing what he thought was right, not that which was necessary or was popular. So a great tribute there. We add our condolences to the family of Mr Con Scully. Thank you very much indeed, Mr Morris Walsh, Chairperson of North and East Cork, I seem to say, We are joined on the Dairy Gold uh, Farm Talk programme by Mr Pat O'Toole, political correspondent, political editor, Irish Farmers Journal. First of all, Pat, welcome to the programme. Now, in the Irish Farmers Journal this week, Saturday 25th of March, 2023, on page 16, Farmer Party tops Dutch elections. Now, you analyse the results, the surprise results of a recent election in the Netherlands, in Holland, and you've got uh, some views there. Do you think we could have in Ireland a similar type of party stemming from utter farmer frustration?
0: It's possible, and it's possible for a number of reasons. First of all, I think, as you say, there's a lot of frustration in rural Ireland, just not just among farmers, with what is seen in some quarters as government overreach around agriculture itself, around planning, uh, the lack of rural transport options, and the increasing tr- cost of transport and um, issues around turf cutting and forestry. So like that's one element, the, the issues. The second element then, I suppose, is that we have, in fact, three groups of independents organized into three separate groups, the rural independents, the independent group, and the regional independents. And there are currently 22 independent TDs in the Dáil out of 160, Most of them are identifiably rural and would share a common view uh, on on a lot of those issues. So the possibility is there that that loose affiliation uh, or those three loose affiliations of rural independent TDs could coalesce into something um, more of a platform or, or a movement. Because the BBB in the Netherlands is actually calling itself the farmer citizen movement as opposed to a political party. And it will be interesting to see, now that it has significant public representation, how they will conduct themselves, how they will proceed, uh, because they're brand new, I suppose, to representative politics. And that brings its own challenges.
1: And, Pat, in your article, Farmer Party Tops Dutch Elections, in this week's Irish Farmers Journal, 25th of March, you report the reviews there of Michael Fitzmaurice was Common Matthew McGrath, Tipperary, Verona Murphy, Wexford and Michael McNamara, Clare, amongst others. type of reaction these people gave to question, could the Dutch situation be replicated here in Ireland due to frustration? Now again, people not in farming would say, look, pollution, are the farmers saying that's someone else's problem? We don't care. But on the other hand, if your livelihood is under threat, well, then you feel extremely frustrated and, of course, you're looking for someone who will voice your opinion and who stand up for you.
0: Yeah, and, of course, there's two separate... There's the diagnosis of the issues and there's the prescription of the solutions for the issues around the sustainability of farming and the sustainability of of life in rural Ireland. Um, In terms of the response... uh, I think that Michael Fitzmaurice and Matty McGrath would be seen as two of the more prominent of the rural TDs um, and of the independent TDs, uh, along with perhaps Michael Healy Ray. They're the ones who are most consulted on issues and who speak uh, as rural Ireland uh, or as people from rural Ireland. I don't know if they speak for rural Ireland because I think rural Ireland is quite diverse. But what I would say is that the response would show that they're all aware of what's happened in the Netherlands. They're all considering what the implications are uh, for politics in Ireland. It has to be remembered that the Netherlands is perhaps the most urban, very densely populated country, uh, the most urban maybe in Europe, uh, very progressive in their politics, 18 million people, on an island, about two thirds, or a country, about two thirds, the side of Ireland, uh, and their agriculture is extremely significant economically. Uh, it, very intensive agriculture, and they have very significant uh, targets to reach around nitrates. The big problem in the Netherlands is air, and to a lesser extent, water pollution from nitrogen levels. Uh, and the prescription from government is to massively reduce nitrogen usage. It will wipe out about 30% of livestock by 2030. They're closing down farms by prescription. And uh, there's been huge kickback. So the BBB were formed in 2019 at the beginning of the farmer protest against this government uh, action. The uh, first test electorally was the 2021 general election. They got 1% of the vote and they got one person, Caroline van der Plas, Their leader was elected to the 150-strong parliament. Flash forward two years, a year and a half, really, and here we are with the regional elections. They've topped the poll in all 12 provinces. They have got 20% of the first preference vote, by far the largest party representation across regional politics. And the regional electors will define the next Senate, which is the upper house, and the BBB the farmer citizen movement, will have 17 of the 75 seats in place. So this is really profound change in Dutch politics. And it's rural Netherlands as a community, not just farmers, standing up and saying, we have a voice and we will be heard. Uh, and that's what uh, the likes of Michael Fitzmaurice, Matthew McGrath, Rona Murphy, Michael McNamara, and all of the rural TDs are considering at the moment.
1: And do you feel that in some way we've lost sight, or people in rural Ireland feel that the government, the authorities, the people in charge, they've lost sight of that promise, that undertaking which was given of just transition. No one will be forced to make huge changes to their livelihood without a just transition, without a measured approach. And in rural Ireland, with all the things it lacks, all the services it lacks, we do feel that this just transition is something people have not kept to the fore.
0: It's an interesting one, because if we look at farmers and the farmer vote, and we poll farmers on their level of support twice a year, uh, Fianna Gael are still the leading party uh, among farmers. Uh, Fianna Fáil are still next. Sinn Féin are finding it hard to gain significant traction. They have doubled their vote, but that 's from single digits up to about fifteen percent, and they can 't break above that they 're only polling at about half what they're getting across the general electorate so it seems that farmers are quite conservative in their voting patterns and their voting intentions but independents are polling in the high teens consistently in our polls and they're polling high all over the country You have Michael Collins in Cork Southwest um you know as, as uh, a, a classic Rural Independent TD um, Very active on the ground Running those buses up to Northern Ireland For cataract operations Getting a lot of support and publicity For that kind of action And uh, will be seen as A conservative voice would chime in With the colleagues he has In the Rural Independent Group Like uh, Matty McGrath The Healy Ray Brothers Carol Nolan in Lee Shoffley Who's a former Fein TD uh, who is defected and is now an independent, and uh, Richard O'Donoghue in Limerick. But we've a broad sweep of rural independents. Michael McNamara is a former Labour TD. Verona Murphy and uh, Peter Fitzpatrick in Loud are former Fine Gael TDs, as is Dennis Nocton. And then the likes of Matthew McGrath and the Healy Rays are Gene pooled Fianna Fáil. So almost every political party in the Republic of Ireland has got a, an offshoot independent group uh, somewhere around the country which makes a very interesting political dynamic Michael Lowry in Tipperary is former, uh, is former Fine Gael and in Tipperary Fine Gael have had no TD for 10 years now so the independents are actually eating out the support base of the TDs and of course of the politi- from the political parties the, the mainstream established political parties and if you look at Cork South West amazingly Fine Heartland, no TD from Fine Gael in Cork, South West. Holly Cairns, the new leader of the Social Democrats, and Michael Collins, an independent TD, who will be regarded as being from a Fianna Fáil background, along with a Fianna Fáil TD. So like, when you look at uh, voting patterns from constituency to constituency, uh, we find it hard to see a real trend, uh, and I think that the question that has to be asked now is whether these people from very diverse political backgrounds who share some views around some key issues can coalesce into a platform that is electorally coherent.
1: So it's just possible that there could be a place, if these independent TDs uh, get together and coalesce in some way, there could be a place, uh, there could be room for an Irish BBB. And in fact, there is an Irish connection, perhaps rather tenuous, but nonetheless, the mother of Caroline van der Plaas. She is, in fact, uh, an Irish person.
0: Yeah, Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick who became active in politics in the Netherlands um, in one of the centrist parties who have been traditionally one of the parties in government, the CDA. Uh, and she was a local representative and a regional representative for the CDA. And actually, Caroline van der Plas was involved in the CDA before forming the BBB, breaking away. So again, there are parallels with uh, Irish independent politicians who, who moved away. And the possibility is that you could have something like in France where Emmanuel Macron, from a standing start, he was an independent who founded a party, and it was a populist party, broad base centrist I suppose and they gained over 300 seats in the French parliament uh, formed a majority from nowhere with a slew of uh, candidates who came from all forms of civic life not many of them with political experience um, and the En Marche party from nowhere became the party of government so it's possible that you could have some or none of the independents it could be someone else who would step forward and say I will lead a movement, recruit candidates from across the country, and uh, and see how they do. Uh, so we'll have to watch and see. We have avoided the prospect of an election for now. The government has survived its latest test. But there is a general sense that the government is frayed around the edges. They, again, Nessa Harrigan, the Green Party TV, has... Uh, Been suspended from the party, and the mats of this government are quite tight.
1: We could very well see something stirring, something very uh, lively stirring as a result of the stand uh, achieved by the Farmer Party in the Netherlands. And indeed, I'll refer to it one more time. People wanting to find out more can turn to page 14, News Section, Irish Farmers Journal, Saturday, 25th of March, 2023. Your article, Pat O'Toole, political correspondent, and the views there of a small part of the 2022 independent TDs, Michael Fitzmaurice, Common, Matty McGrath, Tipperary, Verona Murphy, Wexford, Michael McNamara, Clare, and many other people you've mentioned. But for your valuable time, thank you very much indeed, Mr. Pat O'Toole, political correspondent, Irish Farmers Journal. Thank you, Pat, very much indeed. You're very welcome, John. And that's the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme for now. I'm John O'Connor. Thanks to all of this week's contributors and to the listener for tuning in. Farm Talk on Saturdays, 7am to 8am and Wednesday evenings, 10pm to 11pm.
0: Farm Talk on C103 with Dairy Gold Prime Elite Calf Milk Replacer. Farm Talk on C103 with Dairy Gold. Choose Gold Performance Pack. Includes Biotin, Ysac, and protected minerals to reduce lameness, boost milk solids and fertility.